everybody. What's up? It's Friday. I'm Saturn Dave, and this is Traino Co. And this is Shiro How's Show. How's it going, guys? How's it going? This is the Shiro Show. I learned something interesting today. What? Did you know that if you Google Marvin Gaye's greatest hits, you will get the entirety of the album, What's Going On? <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. Because the, the entire album is, uh, the entire album is, is gold. It's a hit. Yeah. yeah. Literally every song, perfect. Agreed. Agreed. It's one of those. I think but, we were uh, talking about that before. Like, what? Uh, Nirvana, Nevermind, you know, we, we agreed on that. Uh, several of the Beatles yeah. albums, pick one. They're they're all like that. Uh, and any, then... any of them is a good. Al I actually have to say that my favorite Beatles album. I've been going back and forth, and it's probably gonna have to be Abbey Road. I know it's cliche to say, but like no, no, you're that's... that a Rubber Soul. Yeah, same. Wow, we have like identical taste. I was gonna say Rubber Soul or Abbey Road are probably my choices. I do love Sgt. Pepper and uh, Magical Mystery Tour. Those are all. Those are both great albums. But I probably would say Abbey Road or. Or yeah, rubber soul. If you think about it, if you think about it, does MS, Magical Mystery Tour actually count as an album, though? Uh, it does to me. What? <laughs> like I've got the whole thing with the like fold-out jacket and everything. Oh, and... oh no, because uh, technically in in the UK it was released as a as oh, an right. EP. Sure, sure. Okay. So that's yeah. what that's where it gets. But but they count it officially as an album now. So I guess technically you are right. Yeah, also I mean, an like... album, excellent. Yeah, but I get what you're saying, man. You're such a nerd. Always, you're always, you're always getting, uh, you're, you're, you, you want to get even nerdier. Where are you on the, mo the mono versus stereo argument? What, that it's called monural instead of mono, like some people no, say no, monophone. No, I meant like the mono versus stereo Beatles. Where do you oh, lie on, like, what oh, do you listen right, to? Oh, right, right. Well, I know where to? you do because you just bought, like, that mono remaster thing. Uh, oh, no, I bought that years ago. This was the stereo box that I got. Oh, that was the stereo box that you got. I don't know. Why yeah. can't you have both? I mean, if you're a real nerd. I had both. Yeah, there you go. That's that's for the, You don't limit yourself if you're like a real nerd. I don't. Yeah. I don't. But but most of the time I do listen to the mono versions. But the stereo, there's some yeah. pretty fire. Like like Rubber Soul's pretty fire mono. I think Help is really fire mono. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Help, sorry. Rubber Soul and Help are really good stereo. Really fire stereo. Sure. Sergeant Peppers has to be mono for me. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Magical My Mystery mono. In high school, my brother had... We're getting way into the weeds here, but in high school, my brother had... What the... There is, like, a black line on the top of Pat's uh, camera thing. Um, so in, I'm going to fix that. But in high school, um, my brother had a... Uh, a mustang like a ford an old ford mustang mm -hmm. and it was the kind where like there was one speaker there was like a stereo it did have a cassette uh deck not a, not an h-track it was like one of the first cassette decks and, and radio but it had a mono speaker like right up on the dash that was like the only sound and uh we would play the beatles on there like the old mono recordings because it was uh, appropriate perfect and nice. there we go now there's not a black bar above pat's head some arbitrary black bar. Don't ask me why. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, also, um, do you do you do you? Uh, I guess one more album. Do you count? Uh, uh, do you count Smashing Pumpkins? Uh, was it the Infinite Sadness? Melancholy Infinite Sadness. Is that a uh, is it, that a top for you too? It's got a lot of hits on it. It it's almost all gold. I don't know. It's really hard though. You're you know what? It's it's kind of like it's kind of like this. Like um, on Metacritic or on uh what on whatever game ranking site like when they give a game like a perfect score you know like a 100 mm -hmm. score 
you could probably count the games that qualify for that on one hand, you know, or on two hands. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There, there's a lot of great games out there, but like a perfect game, one that can, one that's almost like beyond like rebuke on any level mm-hmm. you know and that's the thing is where i feel like nevermind is is there like every single track on that album now i might be amazing, i might be yeah. biased but i just kind of feel like there isn't a, isn't a bad track on that album and i feel like that 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 definitely goes for several beatles albums um but even with uh smashing pumpkins uh there's a couple tracks that i'd probably skip ahead um but uh but it is a it is al- an almost flawless album i think i don't know people might disagree with me but dark side of the uh, moon P- pink uh, floyd dark side yeah. of the moon yes yeah yes. dark side of the moon's flawless Agreed. that's for sure actually I, I have to argue with people i think the the wall is probably not is not as good as dark side not even close to being yeah, up there I, I, i'm with there's you there's a lot of stinkers on on uh, on the wall yeah i like, i'm with you like dark side sad. Yeah, Dark Side's the best one. It's kind of sad, though. Yeah, I wasn't prepared to have this conversation, so now I'm like trying to think of like what other albums would qualify for that. We we need to uh, we need to come back to this. Uh, is it just me or is Dave a bit glitchy today? Am I glitchy? In the fun to me. No, the audio though. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll have to listen to the audio. Okay. Well. Um, yeah, it could be. Um, they're also saying that I'm there's extra green and and that's probably coming from the it's probably coming from the light bouncing off of my green screen um i love it how like the people watching are like getting involved in like the the presentation (laughs) let me see if i can actually fix that uh let's go you do that i'll answer shadow mask uh filters top albums nirvana nevermind pink floyd dark side of the moon uh where the beatles were like it was like three albums like rubber soul River Soul and uh, Abbey Road. There, that helps um, a little bit. That, wait, am I am I finding any other ones? Oh yeah, uh, Marvin Gaye. What's go? Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Great album. Great album. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think of another. Uh, it's hard. I think maybe those are my my perfect albums that I just listen to throughout and just be like, yep, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so actually, there's only one Nirvana song I actually <laughs> do not like on that album. It's Lithium. You don't like Lithium? I mean, uh, it's not the best okay. track on the album, but it's it's good. Um, hold on a second. Yeah. So, who do we, so we have? We have Knight of Dragon and Emerald in the chat with us. Do you guys want to say hi, or just like say, "Hey, what's up?" We're right. in the chat. Uh, I was prepared for this. I was still uh, trying to figure out what was going on re- vis-a-vis music. I got you. Oh, what right. would you say your perfect album is? Since you're the, you can come in as the Patreon because you're our top Patreon. What do you think your pe- perfect album is? I don't you really do albums. Out. I listen to individual like tracks, and I have like objectively uh, bad taste in music anyway. Hmm. So like, I listen to like metal and video game tracks, and maybe sometimes like electronic crap. What would you say the perfect video game soundtrack is if you had to pick one? Uh, I mean, Sonic Adventure would have like the most variety and also consistently not bad music, but that's like a good video one. game music can get pretty bad. I actually agree with that. I probably, I probably Sonic Adventure one as well. I actually do not. I, I know it's controversial, but I actually kind of prefer Sonic Adventure's one soundtrack to two, in my opinion. The, the, yeah. the thing is, with two, every character's on a theme, so they only have like six actual songs that they just kind of 
vary in different ways. Like it, it, it's that not literally, but more or less like uh, figuratively, they're all the same exact genre with the same style and the same kind of like notes and progression and stuff. Uh, so like after a certain point, you're just listening to the same sonic song and, and it sounds fine. But like if you go to Sonic Adventure, like they didn't they didn't have the butt rock thing like <laughs> yeah. in Trent. I love it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just thought that would be kind of a cool cool uh, little off-topic thing. We'll put this like as a extra thing where it's like, oh, hey, I was talking about music. I will say, <laughs> so, uh, Fantasy Star Online. Perfect soundtrack. Mm, that one's that one's good, too. But does that does that count? Because it has a lot of songs from different games, though. Uh, no, I'm just talking about the Dreamcast version, like the, the original oh. Dreamcast version. Um, that thing is almost sure perfect have, for me. Yeah. Uh, may, you know, I'm pretty maybe. sure they have a bunch of pills, yeah. But I would yeah, agree. Yes. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's consistently good, but it's the same problem where um, video, video game music in general is designed not to be listened to, but to be played in the background. It's designed to like set a mood and get you in the right headspace and keep you focused on the game. But you also you don't want to get tired of it. You know? What? You don't want to get it's it needs to be something you don't want to get tired of and with like pso right. you definitely could get tired but there are so many different themes you know with that with uh you know there there's like a different theme for each area of the game that you go into whether it's a shop or the you know the bank where you trade stuff or where you get your missions or where you go into the loading screen it's just uh it's just really good i for me it's almost perfect but i definitely hear what you're saying like it's not it, to me it, it, it doesn't have enough variety to warrant listening to without interspersing it with something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can, be I weird can hear you. Yeah, this is a weird opinion to me. I think Resident Evil 2 is probably my favorite video game soundtrack. I must listen to that album like through like 15 times. Wow, okay. I, I, I mean, I think it's a, it's a great pick. game, but I don't, I don't know enough about that soundtrack like to have a distinct memories of it. I will say, one, one modern album... Uh, that's only come out with like within the last decade that I think qualifies is Kendrick Lamar, How to Pimp a Butterfly. Like, I think that's almost a perfect album in, in terms of like a rap album. Um, I do need to listen to that one. It's I good. I College Dropout is also good as well, but I've never listened to that one. Yeah, that, yeah, that one is one that I think a lot of people consider a near perfect album. But yeah, like concept and everything like that and message and just going from beginning to end, like the entire thing is cohesive and, and w well woven, you know, uh, with like a, almost like a, almost like a, a play with like three scenes or, you know, and mm. it, it's just, it's just really, really good. Oh, another good one is uh, from the decade. Speaking of the new ones is Gautier's making mirrors. That album is like so many good bangers on that. I guess Shadow Mask is an emo fan. <laughs> he said Black Parade. Yeah, so two, two, two games just came to mind in terms of like something that's infinitely listenable that won't get old. And uh, I would say that's uh, Near Replicant and uh, Persona 5. Oh. I ha I've a, I have a grudge against Persona, Persona 5, so I'll have, to, I'll have to withhold my opinion. But the well, music like is a banger. Anything? No, I like the music. I just don't like the game. <laughs> Oh, you, you didn't like Persona 5? I thought you were all about that game. I was about Persona 4. Yeah, me too. And I think the I think the soundtrack for Persona 4 is excellent. I I have that yeah, thing on uh, I have that thing on a mini disc and I blast it. I, I blast it hey, off. Weird, same. Yeah. You have it on a mini disc? Do you have it yeah, like do you I have put, a gold disc? I have like a gold disc with like a label art I do and have everything. The yellow one. 
Yeah, that's I think I put it on a different disc though, but I'll have to do that later. High fives, mini I disc. Do a Persona <laughs> five, I do have Persona Five on red disc though, so that's all. Oh, that see, that's very apropos. And then Persona yeah. Persona Two or uh, per, Persona Three. Three would be blue. Would be like a blue disc or something, yeah. right? Okay, and man. Do Persona One in purple, but yeah, we, we can probably uh, set the news. What Sorry the, about the hell guys. happened? We're like way into the weeds here. We need to bring up the browser and talk about news. Uh, Sorry about that, guys. But hey, music is our passion. Music is Dave and I. Yeah, like that's something that Pat and I have in common. We're both musicians. We both love music. Uh, We both love weird, obscure audio formats. (laughs) But I don't know if they're weird or obscure. They're obscure now because they're (laughs) because they're uh, obsolete. I don't know if vinyl is obscure and weird though. No, it's not really. And cassette. Yeah, vinyl really has come full circle, like more than any other format. I mean, cassette is obviously, it's been making a comeback for a while. Mini disc, I don't know if it'll ever be anything more than a niche thing, because it never was to begin with. You know, it was only a niche thing to begin with, but, you know, anyway. Vaporwave scene's bringing it back. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's why I love, that's one more reason to love the vaporwave scene. Okay, we really got to get into this, Pat. These are your articles, so I'm just going to let you talk. To to everyone in the audience listening right now, uh, (laughs) this is entirely my fault. If you want this to stop, you'll join the Patreon and bump me off the list. There you go. No. No, we want no this is great. This makes for a more interesting show. We might actually we might actually do more talk and less stream to be honest with you because I suck at games anyway. So, you know, who wants to watch me play? Yeah. <laughs> I I did want to say before I start, thank you for all the, all the people on Patreon. I think we're up to $56 a month now. So, I know. crazy. Thank you guys. Holy crap. That like pays Ridiculous. for our budget two times. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much, guys, for all the support, and especially, especially you, uh, Emerald. You're like the, thank you, the top, uh, top patron, patron right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm the Saturn Sugar Daddy, so I, I try to get things moved around to get money to where it needs to be if, I, if it has to be moved. Yeah, even though yeah, he's admittedly, to... even though he's admittedly not a real Saturn gamer, as we will find out in his, uh, in his recent interview. <laughs> Hashtag real Saturn gamers unite. Wah, wah. I wasn't expecting you to keep everything in there because I gave you way too much. No, you gave me good stuff. I want you to be well represented. <laughs> I want you to be fairly represented. Considering I'm like the guy who usually doesn't represent you well <laughs> when I paraphrase your yeah. stuff. That's a, that's the but thing. Hey, I, that's the thing I was yeah. thinking. Like you just made a comment about me badly paraphrasing you, and then you expected me to edit you. I'm like, no way. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it in because I I want to make sure I don't badly paraphrase emerald uh <laughs> i do i, I want to paraphrase i want to i want to make you say stuff that you know is really bad emerald like i hate i thought it was a, i thought it was a very well written well written answers I, I everything there was good there was nothing unnecessary so but pat you got to take us away with the fire pro wrestling S, i'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to dave okay all right i'm trying my best here come on yeah all right so all right so fire pro wrestling S six men scramble. I keep calling it six man scramble. I don't know. Six man scramble sounds more natural, at least to me, I guess. Yeah. But this is the best of Saturn by uh, Peter that he put up. Uh, Fire Pro Wrestling uh, S six men blah blah blah. Developed <laughs> and published by Human Entertainment, exclusively in Japan in 1996. So I mean, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much everyone listening probably knows about Fire Pro Wrestling, the legendary series of wrestling games going back. Oh geez, like to M- to MSX I believe or the any uh, the Famicom. Yeah, it but goes yeah, back a this ways. one. Uh, yeah, th- this one makes an appearance with Six Man Scramble, featuring dozens of wrestlers from various promotions. 
This Sprite Wrestling Fest is perhaps known for its simultaneous six-man battle royale. So six players playing at once, that's insane. Actually, I, th I think it supports the multi-tap, so I think you can get six people at once. Yeah. I know Kay would know that by heart, though. You did a yeah, lengthy it's... stream of this, right? Where you had Kay in the chat and you kind of talked to him about the whole translation project. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kay and uh, Kay talked about it with, about his Malenko. progress with Malenko and just their passion for the game is just amazing. Like, mm -hmm. I can't believe how passionate like those two are for that game. Mm -hmm. But I really appreciate it. like they they not only translated the names, but they like put the wrestlers' names to the correct ones. So mm -hmm. like they have like you know Hulk Hogan, Bam Bam Bigelow, all the other you know legendary wrestlers. I I think I think I think. Uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, Pillman? Is it Scott Pillman? Or was, I can't remember what his name was. That famous wrestler, but uh, yeah, he's in there. You know, there's there's so many different wrestlers that are insane. They have like WWF, uh, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? All the classic stuff. They even have Rey Mysterio in there, which I thought was pretty cool. I love Rey Mysterio. Yeah, the the six man battle royale mode is uh is awesome i have not you know had a chance to play with that many people you know i've played this just two me and my son you know and it's even fun with just you know it's fun by yourself it's it's definitely more fun the more people you get in there so i mean we're definitely going to have to play this game at a con uh you know when we have the opportunity for sure i'm down i'm down to do that and we'll do and i'll struggle with it because i suck at this game straight up Mm -hmm. They kept the K and uh, Malenko tried to help me out, but I'm just garbage at this game. Gonna be well, that's honest. the that's the thing though. Also, is K, you might not be as garbage as you think. I think K is just really, really good at this game. He's really good at Street Fighter, and he's really good at, at Fire Pro because you know that's like his wheelhouse. That's like you know his bread and butter. So you know, but yeah, I'm not I'm not that great at it either. But that doesn't limit me from having fun with it. You know, that doesn't mitigate how fun of a game it is. Um, it's definitely one of the best, if not the best wrestling game on the Saturn. Um, I do like the, I do like the, uh, wrestling game featuring Virtua, uh, the, uh, pro wrestling featuring Virtua, which is like the 3d wrestling game on the Saturn. And then, you know, of course, I've human, never played that one sadly. It, it's really good. It's a really good game and it has, you know, some virtual fighter characters in it. Um, Wolf and Jeffrey or yeah, I think Wolf and Jeffrey. And then, uh, I mean, of course, like human entertainment doesn't make doesn't make bad games, really. I mean, they make good games. So, the Fire Pro series, the entire series is great. But um, I definitely think S Six Man Scramble is like for me because I'm a Saturn fan. That's my go-to. Although I know some folks, uh, some folks say they like the ones on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I think my all-time favorite wrestling game has to be Ultimate Muscle on the GameCube. Oh, okay. I played the heck out of that game. That yeah, one's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of fun. I was a big, I was a big fan of uh, of Ultimate Muscle on Foxbox back in the day. Mm -hmm. and it's a really fun game. It's kind of pricey nowadays. It's like in the hundred range, but it's definitely not as bad as Cube War, which I think is in the six hundred range now. Right. I really but also anyways, like we'll, the yeah. I also like the arcade WWF arcade wrestling game on the Saturn. I think that that that's a lot of fun. That one's pretty excellent. Not the in, in your in house. The original wrestling. Uh, not the yeah. not in your house, but like the regular like the arcade yeah. port. In your house, it's more like in in your garbage can because that game is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. So definitely great game, something to try out, you guys. Um, and if you haven't tried it, definitely check out the translation by Malenko and uh, Murder of Crows. 
Um, that can be found on... Uh, is that uploaded to Sega Extreme? Or did they go the... It's you know, on Sega Extreme. It's Sega Extreme. The patch should be on, on Sega Extreme. I know for a fact that at least a version of the patch is on last year's competition. And right. uh, likely has its own dedicated uh, thread on Sega Extreme. Yeah, but go to Sega Extreme yeah. to get the latest patch since they're still working on it. You don't want to be stuck with something on... Uh, I'm sorry, guys, from CD Romance. But like, unless they're like really on top of those releases, if you're downloading something that's pre-patched, you probably... There's a chance you're getting an older version of the game. And so um, always, you know, stay up to date by getting your patches from Sega Extreme and then using Knight of Dragons uh, Saturn Patcher, which does a really good job. Gives exactly. you some cool options at the same time, you know, uh, how you can output uh, how you can output your images. So importantly, um, yeah, region breaking. Say say that again. It it, uh, it can it can do region patches even if you have an, uh, a game that you don't need patched. Exactly. It can also it can also rip discs too, which I think is kind of insane. Very very nice tool. Wait, what? I mean, Knight, you're you're in, uh, you're in chat. Is he uh? Is he a high enough patron level to, to oh, yeah, usurp uh, me on this? Sorry, he's not allowed to talk. He's sorry, not, he's, he's muted. He doesn't like joking. talking in any way. <laughs> but wait a second, you, Pat. I did not know that the the Saturn Patcher could rip games. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Night Dragon Saturn Patcher could rip games. You put the game in, it pat. You either patch it or not patch it, and it could rip the games. Oh, because it says oh, because it says select CD image, so you could just select an actual CD. Then is what you're saying, and yeah. it'll uh, patch it and and output an image. That's that's insane. I I actually didn't even think about using it that way, but you're absolutely right. Cool. One more reason to use that. Um, literally, he's making it all in one. We don't need to do any other tools. Saturn Region Patch will do it all. It'll patch it. It'll massage your back. It'll eject the discs it will It'll give you a high five world hunger uh probably not that but you know he can program, program it too but... that uh that basically every every new patch around sega extreme development is probably going to end up supporting it in some fashion in that they're going to have some easy to use file that you just plug into the ssp mm -hmm. because uh, if you look at some of the older patching instructions they can get a little bit uh a little bit obtuse esoteric <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i agree i i it, you know and and uh, like the way that we were patching Grandia before with like Trekkie's patch, it was a little involved, you know. Um, not yeah. not impossible, <laughs> but just you know, you needed like three different tools to to get it done, you know. So yeah, soccer awards and replace very specific files. Yeah, standardization is always yeah. a good thing. Uh, so yeah, next up uh, we have an article that you put up, Pat, regarding our first ever podcast episode. What was the takeaway here? So basically, um, I wanted to, we started, I guess, for you that don't know already from my complaining in the chat, we moved over host to Podbean. Yeah. So we decided that I think that's probably the cheapest and the most secure option after the whole cast, cast us, uh, Debacle. fiasco. <laughs> cast yeah, us gate. Uh, I yeah. Cast us gate. Hashtag cast us gate. But yeah, I was very frustrated because they removed all our image thumbnails they made our they removed the formatting on our on our d description and i tried to contact them about it and they never contacted me back about it and i was like well okay that's fine then uh guess i'll move over hosts. you don't want our money then i guess you don't want you, you don't want yeah exactly so i uh, moved over to the pod bean uh probably give it a week or two and then cancel our cast off subscription mm -hmm. and hopefully it'll still all work if not then uh 
Resubscribe on iTunes, guys. Uh, but uh, anyways, and and uh, and sort of a cool little thing because I think it's been four years since we started this little a a college semester or a high school career since we started Shiro. I thought it'd be good to do a little retrospective, maybe weekly or bi-weekly. We'll see uh, see what it is, but it's it's mostly an excuse for me to update the episodes and mm -hmm. stuff. So it gives me time to re-add the images and. Uh, talk about the episode but uh yeah uh i thought i'd give a nice little retrospect on our first episode of the uh the i guess it's the saturn podcast or the sega saturn podcast that we called it on the show yeah because yeah the saturn we cast titled, we, yeah. there wasn't anything saturn else other. I, and there was like dream pod out there there was a few, you know it's funny i was looking back at our message our at our uh messenger yeah. you know the uh, correspondence and uh yeah. it was like you, you the first thing you ever sent me was some comment about something I was doing in one of the in one of the groups, right? But this was like February of 2017. So Pat and I first basically became friends, you know, started communicating with each other in February of 2017. Yeah, because I think you commented on my my um my police knots repro and was like, yeah, this is right. pretty shitty, Patrick. No, I did not say that. That sounds you, like your like, words. That's awful. <laughs> but you're but like, no, this, is, this uh, is garbage, Patrick. Fix it. I think it was that summer, though. It was it was later that summer, or moving on into summer, that you called me. I was at like a soup plantation or something like that. I just remember. I remember these things. I don't know why. I was at a soup plantation or something like that with some friends. I get this call from from this guy, or like a or a text or whatever, and he's like, "Hey, you want to start a podcast?" I was like, like, of course what? I, of course I want to start a podcast. Like I love talking. <laughs> I talk too much. <laughs> like I need to talk about this stuff, but I don't have any friends who are like Saturn fans who want to talk about this stuff. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Cause sad, really. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, did you just say soup plantation? Soup plantation. Yeah, that's the name of it. Yeah, it's big in California. It's, it's big uh, in Ca well. Uh, it's closed in California now after COVID. It's just completely COVID shut that thing down. I think it was like, like a buffet. It's sweet tomato everywhere else though. It's sweet yeah, in the in the Bay Area. There's something called uh, Fresh Choice that's kind of similar. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's a it's it's a salad buffet basically. <laughs> it's a salad buffet it's and like, then they have it's soup. like super salad. The only thing that came to mind for me was like that, that Code Geass uh, uh, parody. Because. I'm at soup. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Um. I, 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 <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, the the only thing I think remember Kogias is the the famous fish one, where uh, where Suzaku's holding a fish and said something very. Uh, That's the second Kogias re reference because I think you guys were just talking about it last week on on the on last week's uh, show. Well, yeah. Cause, because it was because the, the they're in the new game the new uh, exactly. robot, war, robot yeah, yeah. wars robot robot wars ribbit wars ribbit <laughs> ribbit wars ribbit wars so so yeah so okay so we started a podcast so so we needed a third we needed a third and uh, and K was up up to the task yeah and, well uh, actually we had originally had four people but uh, I was it was uh, some certain person from a uh, a group uh, these. It was somebody from the Sega Saturn Collectors of America group, and I contacted him was like, "Yeah, Scott. it's not for me, man." It was Scott Stein. Scott, we thought, so, yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, you 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 get in touch with somebody who's just like totally happy to consume. They're not interested in yeah. putting out stuff, and that's just not me. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh, I. Uh, 
what was it nick was just saying the other day i probably research saturn games more than i play them you know and i mean for me it's like i probably create saturn related content more than i play the saturn these days but i mean that doesn't mean that i didn't spend you know a couple decades uh, binging you know everything saturn <laughs> you know so it's like these days i have to be creating something otherwise i just don't feel like i'm uh, you know, I, I feel like a waste of space, uh, but that isn't, you know, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it's great. This, this was literally go, go back and listen to these old podcast episodes. If you guys just, you know, want to hear us being very amateurish, but also, um, when prices were cheaper, when, I mean, they were still ridiculous, but, but they were cheaper, you know, and uh, less people were doing this. The Saturn hadn't really hit like a stride in terms of popularity yet in terms of like uh, social media popularity. So it's it's just an interesting little time capsule. And we do want you guys to go back and listen to a lot of this stuff because we talked about games that we might not cover again, at least might not cover again for a really long time. So it's always a good idea to go back and listen to this stuff because you'll hear us um cover you know you'll hear us cover the saturn library uh and talk about different games so yeah it is pretty crazy when you mention the time capsule because i mean at the time i don't think Genovi had his channel up um i don't think uh i don't think uh i think sega lord x still had his first iteration yeah he, he shut down and, re and relaunched yeah um uh what's his name uh the portuguese guy we had on the podcast Stika. i forgot his name completely Stika. Stika didn't have it he didn't have his channel up. Yeah. Uh, the even the uh, the Saturn Junkyard Titan cast wasn't even a thing. It well, yeah, like the they, only... I guess they were. It was in the works, and they hadn't. We beat them to the punch by like one or two months, and then when yeah. they when their thing dropped, we're like, hey, <laughs> you know, you guys. But it was What's complete, going on here, guys? Yeah, it was completely a flu. I mean, it was completely a coincidence that there was this whole other group of people. Uh, having the same idea to to make a Saturn podcast at the same time. So anyway, we're real good and friends with them. And ended up uh, moving on, going on to be the SSG. That's and right. It's just crazy, crazy how everything moved in 2017. Yeah. Like there's so many careers launched. There's so many videos made. There's so many audio stuff. And just the prices were funny too. Like I was mentioning that Kay is saying how ungodly expensive Saga was. Pan's Dragon Saga was at $400 to $500. Mm-hmm. And now it's like at over the thousand dollar mark. Well, yeah, that's that's the deal. Is um back in Sega Collectors of America or whatever, which is the group I was originally in. Yeah. Before the Junkyard group launched, and again, we're talking about Facebook groups, guys. Uh, which Pat and I are pretty much done with Facebook by now. We're pretty much just exclusive to Discord because like time, and Twitter. you know, time. We just don't have the time anymore. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, essentially, uh, essentially, um, I was arguing with some guy on that group about like selling his copy of Panzer Dragon Saga for like four hundred fifty dollars, and I was like, "That's that's too much," you know. And now I just I need to go back and and give him an apology <laughs> because honestly, you know, it's just gotten crazy, gotten out of control. Yeah, I, th I think another one I liked is when you mentioned how you want Grandy on the Saturn, saying I want Grandy on Saturn, but nobody wants to do it. Yeah, and it's like fast forward like two years and that's true. That's that true. Happened. Yeah, I re I actually did. We're it, there is one podcast where we're talking about like fan translations or like uh, pipe, you know, wishes that we have pipe like dreams, that yeah. something would exist, and uh, and that was what I was saying. Like oh, I wish somebody would do an English version of Grandia. Lo to and be behold, fair, you did the same thing with uh, 
we did the technically the same thing with bulk slash and look what happened with that yeah um retrospectors um by the way hey retrospectors how's it going they're in the chat um i really um i think it's retrospectors that are doing a lot of the netlink over voip streams i really enjoy those streams that you guys do um so keep that up uh because those are always uh entertaining at least to me because <laughs> i'm a nerd but um but definitely uh they're saying that they like the the tj davis cast and that actually was a really really fun cast to do and actually we have got another guest up our sleeve uh that we're going to be interviewing tomorrow it's a complete secret but it's a big deal at least it's a it's a very yeah. big deal to me uh so i am so excited to get this thing edited well i'm excited to to meet with this guy talk about uh all everything that he's going to uh divulge to us and then hopefully get that up to you guys to listen to soon because yeah i've been sitting on this thing for like over a month and just doing a ton of research uh, to get some questions hammered out for our guest tomorrow so very excited for that. Keep an eye out. Keep an ear out. <laughs> it's gonna be gonna be exciting. I'm super excited to do it as well. Uh, it's gonna be sweet. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. I know I will. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yep. But yeah, uh, stay tuned though, guys. We're gonna do more of these. I don't know if it's gonna be weekly or bi-weekly. We'll see. But I kind of I kind of like doing retrospectives on the podcast and uh, sort of like it's like a director's commentary almost. Yeah, and I mean I I'm. I like it too because a lot of times people who sub new to a podcast they probably just look forward and they're like oh well i missed you know um real quick to answer knight of dragons question no tomorrow our mystery guest is an interview that we're going to conduct in private and we're going to publish it as a podcast episode um and i'm hoping that it's going to be you know we got him for like two hours so i'm hoping that we're going to get a lot of good information that uh and and information that is not currently known uh in the community so this is going to be real good i i'm hoping i'm crossing my fingers um it's going to be fun i i, I believe in you dave this is going to be awesome uh, hopefully we'll have a ton of we'll have a dump of information for unseen 64 <laughs> that uh that they'll be able to update a bunch of articles on unseen 64 there hint hint that's all i will say <laughs> And then uh, let's see here. Let's get to this next article. We're interviewing Michael Jackson. <laughs> We're interviewing Michael Jackson posthumously back from the grave. Posthumously. <laughs> we, got, we got the Ouija board set up and everything. It's going to be sweet. We're doing a seance. Um, it's going to be fun. No, but seriously, uh, we need to move on because it is. We don't have a lot of time left before the stream. I have. I figured out that because um, I'm. We're going to be. Uh, we're going to be doing. Uh, death mask for our second hour stream and then we literally need the hour to get through at least i think disc one and part of disc two at least to show people like uh you know everything that they need to see from disc one uh you know murder of crows and shadow mask have been working diligently at that and also knight of dragon helping out everywhere that he can uh so yeah they've made some progress with that and we definitely want to show that off so moving on to this next article so we can get through the news is the mister saturn implementation mr. tell me about it mr saturn mr saturn so uh uh so i think we reported on in the past but uh uh sergi divin divin i think it's sorleg i think that's also his name sorleg i could be wrong if i'm wrong let me know because i'm not good with these names and they use like different names it's it's like s slg or something on youtube but uh 
But yeah, uh, like we reported, um, he continued his work on the Saturn implementation, the, the Saturn FPG, FPGA implementation for Mister. So, for those of you that don't know, Mister is a uh, it's basically a FPGA platform for retro games. So, it it basically I guess the closest thing I can describe it is it's like the it's like the Mega the Mega SG the Super NT, mm -hmm. uh, basically all those cores Super Nintendo and just put on a little thing that you just put a flashcard on mm -hmm. and you can play a bunch of games in the library. And uh, they're working on a Saturn implementation. It's all going to be hardware implementation, so it's all going to be like uh, like to the hardware level. So it's implement implement implementing the chips and all the circuitry and stuff in this in the system itself. Right now, it's it's gone pretty intense. Where it, it went from just a basic boot system, just going to the the checking the checking the disk and the uh, the BIOS, to launching like little projects to even booting games. Like they they have here in the last video. I can't control. Uh, Dave's thing, but uh, it has them uh, actually booting into uh, Earthworm Jim, and it's glitchy as hell. It looks awful, plain, just disgusting. But like, I mean, it's impressive because this is like the closest we've had in a long time. And uh, Mister, uh, I guess um, that's what I think. Mister Philosophers, or like, uh, I guess estimators of how far this project can go, says that be the best we could do is probably PS One. Uh, but apparently this one's going pretty well. Like, uh, uh, Sergi SRG320 basically said, uh, that right now they writ, uh, written, have written 95% of the SH2, 90% of SCU, uh, the VDP1 and 2 is 80, 90% respectively, the SMPC is 80%, SCSP is 70%, and the CD uh, module is 85%. So those are pretty high numbers, and as you can see, or I guess when he gets the video back up, uh, you just click on it and they'll be able to they'll be able to boot the games and we're getting pretty close to like a actual implementation and the mister progress has been insane over the years it went from you know a couple cores to like we're getting like the cps1 we're getting cps2 getting the neo geo i i don't know the progress sadly on the uh on the the uh x68000 hopefully they do that soon i really like that console a lot but uh, yeah, and you know, while we can't really see what a 100% Saturn core will look like right now, or if it's even possible, because like I said, we don't know the limits of the Mister. There might be something that uh, would prevent us from being 100%. But uh, you know, knowing Sergi, I mean, it's possible that that we can get that because he's been making the impossible possible. So I believe in him. I think we're gonna get some really cool stuff. And uh, yeah, if you keep following us, uh, we'll keep uh, keep on the lookout. We'll make sure that uh, we'll keep you in the lookout look out for the FPGA implementations. And if you want to follow uh, his progress, you can go on patreon.com SRG320 and you can follow him and support him on Patreon. Uh, yeah, like I definitely would, would have to say that if, if you do support him, I would not mind if it's over us because he's really putting together some really great stuff. And as you can see, I mean, it's progressing pretty fast and i think once we get that full implementation it's going to be insane what we can come up with like i think the people in the chat are saying like saturn mini i mean technically yeah it's a mini saturn like even hardware implementation wise it's uh, implementation of that the saturn is probably like the last console i would ever want to have to do a reverse engineering project on for the hardware uh, yeah, because isn't there like some modules that aren't even even known yet or like backtraced at all? I mean, uh, I, I know that currently in Homebrew, uh, we do not have a good way of doing sound. 
uh, I think uh, like there's two sound chips, and I think one of them we don't even have a a, a good map for. Uh, I'm probably I'm probably saying that wrong. I'm sure Knight knows better than me, but uh, essentially, uh, Ponut has given us a 68k uh, driver, and then the other part of the sound chip, I don't know if we know how to control it yet. That's mostly a library thing. Yeah, and the cool thing is that they actually have 68,000 implemented implemented open source. So a lot of these things, they just, like, drag into the project and just add it on. I know it sounds silly. It's like soldering a chip in, but uh, it makes you wonder if they're going to do some decapping on some of these things and try to and try to implement it that way. I which think I think would be... Have... Huh? They might have to. Like, uh, th some of this is custom hardware, and I think... Uh... That's like the only reliable way to actually get to figure out what's going on here. It's like just the documentation for VDB2 itself is just silly in terms of like the stuff you have to, to figure out um, and how it, it doesn't even guarantee consistent results. It specifically warns you not to expect that. So to replicate that kind of chaotic hardware situation, uh, I don't know what that even involves. Hmm. I mean, I think I think a lot of the stuff they're taking from like the emulation of it too, because a lot of people, while they do do de do chip decap uh, chip uh, decaps and like tracing everything, mm -hmm. a lot of them do the emulation around just like uh, like try to assume what the chips do and sort of match the output of it. Right. Like so reverse there's definitely engineering different ways to implement it. So one, yeah. one route you could take is like just saying, okay, if every game in the library, every official game. Uh, plays the way it plays on console, that is good enough that as a faithful representation. But, you know, as a homebrew dev, if something works on a console one way but works on this thing a different way, I'm not saying it's likely, but, uh, you know, it would be annoying for me. Yeah. But nobody cares about me anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> we all love you here, Emerald. But anyway, best friend. sorry guys, what, what I was saying before I got uh, torn away by the kiddos is that... Uh, Basically, Mister is set to uh, displace the whole RetroPie market because, like, for uh, a decade now, we've had like these underpowered little pie consoles, you know, that do all your emulation. And I mean, you know, there is a lot of people use them. I'm not, you know, bagging on them or anything like that. You can get some actually pretty good emulation out of like the RetroPie, uh, out of the Pi Three, you know, and uh, the. I'm not sure about the Pi Zero, but like some of the late, some of the more recent uh, Raspberry Pis can do a pretty good job. But I mean, again, this is the same kind of idea—a little box that's going to be able to support all of your retro consoles, but it's going to do it like Pat said with actual cores, you know, FPGA cores of those consoles. So it's going to be as accurate as it possibly can be. And more importantly, yeah. it solves the uh, it solves the problem of you know scarcity. Uh, you know, because otherwise we don't really have a way of, of making remaking most of these consoles. Mm -hmm. We can remake an NES, we can make a Super Nintendo, we can make a, a Genesis, mm -hmm. but I don't think we can remake a Saturn. Right, yeah, I mean, agreed, and I, and I don't think anybody's going to try, you know, it, like as far as like real hardware goes. Um, that said, you know, like I do want folks to know that I think emulation has been vital to the preservation of video games, and I mean, I think the main project is 
is awesome. They were tr basically trying to do the same thing. They just didn't have uh, uh, availability and access to these like cheap FPGAs. You know, now that the technology has uh, gotten to the point where it's come down in price and you're able to get your hands on a lot of these FPGAs for a reasonable enough price uh, to make these, you know, it's really becoming a reality. But still, I think that there's a place for emulation in terms of just what it brings to the table uh, for game preservation. Uh, and I mean, you know, yeah. I think companies like M2 do a great job with it, you know? Yeah, and I want to answer a couple questions in the chat. So, Jamator Gaming asked, how much does a Mr. Cost? Uh, right now, the DE10 Nano is kind of expensive because it's been affected by the chip shortage. Uh, I bought mine for 130 back in 19, or was it 18? Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Uh, it was 18. It was before I left my house. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, nowadays, I'm looking on Amazon, it's about 175 for the base, and I think the kit's going to be a little bit more expensive, like for the SD RAM and the CRT module, it's like, it's probably going to be around, probably around the $250, $300 mark, but uh, right. I'm hoping with the part shortage ending, it'll be cheaper. There's some pre-set pre, pre uh, like pre -set up ones you can buy on like MrAddons.com, mm -hmm. and uh it, while it is, does seem kind of expensive, you think about it, a, an, uh, a, uh, a Super NT and a... Uh, and a and a Mega SG would be costing about $500 for both of those together. So you're already saving $200, and you get all these consoles in one if you just want to play, like, the flashcards and stuff. So, so um, how, many, how many consoles would you say are feature complete at this moment? Off the top of my head, I would say more, probably more, more than 30, less than, than 60. Yeah. 30? A lot. Uh, well, Wait, do you count do you count arcade boards too? Because the arcade boards is no, probably no, gonna like, add another like fifty well, or 40 you got, or fifty on top you got of it. NES, Super NES, Genesis, TG sixteen or or uh you know uh PC engine PC engine, you've got Neo Geo Perfect. What else? Um PC eighty eight PS one. It's got some computers, right? MSX? MSX PC eighty eight, I don't think so. I'll have to double check. Okay. That's a, that's a work in progress. Um, uh, Atari 800, 1600, uh, 5200. Um, Master System, we didn't mention, but it's got it. Uh, yeah, Master System, yeah, Genesis and stuff. Like, like all the ones most people would and want. The first two PlayStations, right? Hmm? PlayStation isn't the first PlayStations? No. No, not PlayStation yet. No, not yet. Uh, I mean, it's, in, it's a work in progress. And then all the arcade boards like Neo Geo, CPS One, CPS Two. Actually, CPS Two is in progress, but it's pretty much done at this point. N sixty four. Nope. 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 Uh, Donkey Kong. Uh, I think some of the Dig, Dig Dug got a board. Uh, there's just so many, so many things. There's a huge list of them on the website, but yeah. like I said, it's it's more than thirty. I think probably no less than sixty or eighty if you count all the arcade boards. Yeah, as it gets into as they. As they get into the mid 90s and the fifth generation of consoles, you had all of these like unique processors. Uh, each company kind of went their own way with these unique processors, but everything before that, uh, even arcade boards and stuff like that, had a lot in common with using like the Motorola 36 uh, or 68K. Yeah. Um, so. The thing is, I think that even like with with uh, a lot of the work that had been done with Mame, uh, they got a lot, they were able to start off by getting a lot of information from that project and d doing the reverse engineering thing you were talking about, Pat. Uh, and then of course you had a few folks who were actually able to like take the take the top off the chips and and look at them under a microscope and stuff. But I mean, for the most part, 
uh, that similar that that having that in common with a lot of those uh, Motorola chips uh, um, made it easy to get everything like pre 32 bit uh, perfect. But that's that's where these new projects are really facing a challenge. Is just like with this unique hardware, like the SH2s or the or the RSP. What what's the one in the PlayStation, the GTE or whatever. Uh, I don't know to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know really, but like, yeah, well, we're Saturn people. The we silicon, the, the, the Nintendo, yeah. the Nintendo, and their silicon graphics chip. You know, uh, they're very proprietary stuff that has to be looked at. Uh, that has nothing in yeah. common really with the others with the other systems. So it's not like you can use a lot of that information across platforms. Yeah, and uh, somebody also asked if the, if the Mister can soak up to a CRT, and yes, it can. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a there's a CR, there's a um, I think it's exp I forgot the name of it. It's like a VGA expansion port or something, but it outputs RGBs. I think it outputs a it outputs a VGA and a component. So I actually have it hooked up to my arcade monitor right now. Mm -hmm. So and that's what I use in my for my CPS stuff and my Neo Geo stuff in my arcade machine. So yeah, that's what I think. That's the best thing about it, is that we can get all that stuff, and uh, you don't have to worry about getting RGB mods, recapping stuff. Just set it and forget it, and it's pretty much one to one. Mm -hmm. Cool. But yeah, that that was a long. But yeah, uh, I'm excited to <laughs> it's track, my track fault. this progress. It's, I'm sorry, guys. It's my fault. I got pulled away, and uh, that's cool. And so my improvised that, that, skills are on par. I love it. Thank you, Pat, for saving my ass. <laughs> Next up and last up, we and just posted today was actually um, Emerald sent me the answers to these questions. Gosh, a couple weeks ago, but I've just been so busy with work and stuff like that that I I've been just kind of hammering it out, the editing it, and getting it ready for a document for or for a for an article. Um, and this is uh yeah, this is uh, Emerald Nova's interview with us. She's on uh, Saturn development on the the homebrew scene, talking about some of uh, his previous projects um i'm gonna i guess start like what you know what is uh where does the name come from i guess it literally just came from you know trying to trying to figure out a name that would work for uh for all of his projects and there was you know that, that was one of those things where i kind of wondered um what what's with the five or sorry the seven point star uh, that's that's the thing that i was going to ask you about there's not really a good reason for it. It just, uh, you know, it's it's a nice prime number. It is. It's it, a lucky one, you know. It, it uh, comes up a lot in games. It's just, uh, it's it's like I, I guess it's probably like a subconscious thing. It's just there. Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of the the the, the bits, the the Luma bits from Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's literally anything it could be. Uh, you guys are assigning a lot more thought to it than <laughs> I ever did. Okay, gotcha. Well, you know, we you know, we, we like to give you guys an opportunity to let us know where, you know, where your alter ego comes from or where where your like moniker comes from, you know, but um but that's totally fine, you know. It it's a nice little logo that you made. And uh I I really do like the the seven point star because it's like a continuous like if you draw it with a if you draw it with a pencil or something like that, it's like a continuous uh I don't know what you call that, but the points don't ever it, it, it's almost like infinite, you know. A it's, fractal. Uh, What's it's the, actually, it's fractal. It was, it was unfortunate. It's it's not a fractal. It's uh it's just it's just not geometrically convenient. I found that out. Uh, my my mom uh, wanted to make me a logo because she, she's an artist. I mean not I mean I had already designed the logo, but she wanted to make me like a little banner. 
mm -hmm. or something for my streamer. So uh, she ended up texting me one day. It's like, how do I do this? How do we put seven points like at, at equidistantly, you know, like a, like a right. regular polygon? It turns out there's not a really a good way. It, I mean, I, I, I have a math degree. I, I'm open to being corrected, but I don't remember any part of, of my education covering a specifically seven point how to, how to do things. You can do six. You can obviously do four. You can do circles. There's plenty of, you know, Greek geomet geometrical tools to do that. Seven is just, you know, measure a little bit and, and hope that it comes out looking okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you've ever drawn a five-point star with, like, a pencil, you know, going, doing like that, uh, just in one stroke, or, you know, without lifting the pencil off the page, it's kind of like that. It's like this continuous uh, continuous yeah. design. I don't know why we're getting off on this, but anyway, I find it fascinating. Um, and then, you know, of course, you, you talked about your kind of, you know, how you got started into... So, so Emerald's a physicist. You work in laser physics, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. so, yeah, when we were talking about the satiator and the, we were talking about the, um, we were talking about the mode, you know, and you, and you were uh, definitely giving me a lot of insight into the whole CD system or the CD block and how much power that takes and how a lot of people who are, um, who are running ODEs on their system that it can actually ruin it, it takes a lot more power. It draws a lot more power than the CD uh, assembly does, which is something so, I didn't. That problem is a little bit overstated. I, I remember the conversation you're talking about. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to say that, like, you know, yanking out the CD drive and running it with, uh, you know, some nondescript load is definitely going to break your Saturn. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I'm just under the, the assumption based mm -hmm. off of my experience that. If you're running it under different load, it's going to be running at a different, uh, you know, a different voltage or, or the same voltage, but a different uh, a current. So it's going to lead to different amounts of heating. Right. And if, you know. And you're not the only you, one that I've heard recently talk about that. I have heard other people even give anecdote, like personal anecdotal anecdotes about how they've fried their system using ODEs, you know. So uh, <laughs> I... I, I, but, I but on the Same. other end, like I've I've asked, um, I, I forget the name of the guy, but the USB GD ROM guy yeah. for the Dreamcast, uh -huh. and I asked him, "Hey, do I need to solder an extra resistor on here because I pulled my uh, I, I pulled my GD ROM out?" And he's like, "No, uh, I've been running these things for years. They run fine. Don't even bother." And so I feel like if you just install these things according to the instructions, I don't know that you're you should expect right. these kinds of. Well, it's weird because the mode, uh, the mode specifically does have a, an option to just run power off of the PCB, um, you know, just plug or, or having that extra little wire that's giving you the five volts, you know? And so like, I know with mine, I was running an SSD and I didn't need it. Um, that is for the short period of time that I was running a mode in my Saturn. Um, but I mean, some folks are gonna experience needing it, especially if you're running like a moving hard drive. Uh, which I wouldn't recommend anyway for heat issues, but... Uh, oh, sweet. We can make clickbait videos saying how the <laughs> ODs will destroy your Saturn and have, like, a giant explosion as you plug it in. Well, that's another... That, you know, that's another good case uh, for, like, uh, the Fenrir and the Satiator. Satiator, obviously, because it just plugs into the VCD card slot, and I don't think it's drawing any more power that, uh, you know, than... I don't think it's drawing any, any more power than the Saturn would expect. Uh, and then, and then the the Fenrir really just uh, which loads off of a SD card. I don't think really that's creating a whole lot of heat. Although there is that Wi-Fi module, and I'm not exactly sure 
uh, with I the heat. I wouldn't be worried about Wi-Fi. I feel like, uh, you know, a, a Wi-Fi or Bluetooth uh, little thing would be such a small amount of power draw that I yeah. I wouldn't be concerned with. The only thing I was really concerned with is a full-size SSD. Mm -hmm. uh, that made me a little bit nervous, but I, I don't know enough about the power draw on, on the market of SSDs to say for certain... Right. In, in all honesty, I think you'd be you should be more worried about HDDs since those draw a yeah. ton of more power than SSDs will ever draw. Yeah, and, and people moved. used to put HDDs on their Dreamcasts and they still worked, so it it can't be that bad. Mm -hmm. Although yeah, I don't. I've been running, I've been running my my uh, my uh, SSD and my Dreamcast been running like a champ. Well, yeah, it's I, like I have a uh, USB, so yeah, obviously. I mean, I, I run an HD, uh, an HDD in my PlayStation 2, but then again, it's designed for that. It was expecting an actual moving hard drive in there, um, where it's true that the, the Dreamcast isn't really expecting a, a moving hard drive in there. So I use an SSD in the, in the Dreamcast, and that works great. It doesn't create any extra heat. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Anyway, moving on in your interview, because we, we want to actually talk about what you the questions you answered. So Cash Boa kind of started on that. That was a Windows and Android game uh, where you are a boa constrictor on Wall Street. <laughs> that is an awesome uh, idea for a boa game. Cash different. Sorry? It's a boa castrictor. It's oh, a, but, it's right. This, this is correct. This is, yeah, you know, it actually even says that boa castrictor. <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, is that what I think it means? <laughs> It's 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 literally just uh it's it's a snake clone with a different mechanic on it. Right. Uh, it's, instead of following uh the prey, you have to uh squeeze uh the whatever you're trying to swallow out of out of someone by surrounding them. Oh boy. I mean it's it's the APK and the EXE are on the website. If you want to try it out just to see what it's like, I promise you it's not spyware even though Android <laughs> might that's not what I'm concerned of. I'm I'm, af I'm just afraid of what I'm squeezing out of somebody. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, With the name Castrictor, that's giving me some right. pretty bad vibes. Okay. All so right. Castrator. That's that's a Astrid. that's a. Oh, oh, fair enough. Fair so, enough. again, um, you've had a bit of hand holding from Pona and uh and xl2 just for getting why did you decide okay so i i mean i know the answer you wrote it but like tell everybody why did you considering the fact that you are admittedly not like a, a huge saturn gamer right you you love a good challenge and you you just felt like there was a you just felt like there was a void that that needed to be filled in terms of like software on saturn and it seemed like well, a good challenge that's all post hoc rationalization. Uh, the primary reason is okay. that I wanted to dev on a uh, Sega console, and I cannot make uh, art good enough for the Dreamcast. Okay. So, like, surprisingly enough, the Saturn was the easiest option for me to get into. And everything else is just me saying, okay, now that I'm here, uh, all these justifications. Gotcha. So you got into Saturn development, and... Um, your role, I would say, I don't think it's unfair to say that your role primarily has been like a, an administrator, a, a, an organizer, so, someone who is kind yeah, of seeking to organize the community into some kind of, uh, into some kind of semblance that, that, uh, you know, where people are on the same page and, uh, projects are being pushed forward. And hopefully you, you know, the desire is to reach out and get more, uh, people interested. So, How so yeah, definitely community organizer is is the word I would use there. Okay. Um, 
like like at, b before the the Seedator came out, I was a top tier patron there to make sure that came out because at the time that I started, mm -hmm. it was the only option uh, that wasn't GDMU. You know. Gotcha. Okay, so and that makes sense. That was some uh, good times, though. I remember there was there was when we first started. It's like it was. I think that was the first thing that was announced when we started. That is the the Satiator project. Mm -hmm. But your your bread and butter are RPGs primarily. You mentioned Xenosaga, Final Fantasy, Vagrant Story. You mentioned the the near games. You know, like uh, Drakengard. Um, so how does that lead into something like Seni Ryu, for example? Holy crap! This is, so you asked me about scenario, and we're running out of time. So Same I gotta, yeah, yeah, I, I I gotta compress the crap out of this. So uh, the setting for scenario, honestly, has been under so much evolution that the start of it and the end of it don't even look like each other. It was originally the story. So every every game I have planned has like some sort of theme built around it. The original version of that game wasn't called scenario. And it was about more or less following a boy around as he grew up in basically like in a JRPG style. Mm -hmm. So like my first thought in my head was like Grandia 2 style uh, combat and controls and stuff like that. Uh, and the thing is that setting evolved from like this, this, you know, standard sword and sorcery setting uh, with high magic into the sci-fi setting that Scenario 1 is in. And, uh, you know, after a certain point, I said, OK, I need this game to come out good. So I can't do this game yet. I have to do the prequel first. And working on the prequel, at, after that point, I started on the Saturn. Mm -hmm. So, like, th these plans have been in, in place for over a decade. Right. Um, yeah. So, so like, the first game is basically about marriage. The second game is going to be about watching a boy grow up. And there's going to be some psychology mechanics I have planned for that that I'm not ready to talk about yet. Mm -hmm. uh, third game should be about death, but I have even fewer details to talk about there. And the fourth game should be uh, essentially an afterlife uh th this is all gonna be i'm gonna try and make it as thematic as possible i'm focused on the first one in that i'm focused on any of them because i'm obviously working on a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. and uh, it's basically the scenario one is going to be a dating sim uh that's also basically a daggerfall clone oh, oh okay interesting mechanic so does that mean we get to uh, uh get our npcs to like kill a bunch of people and kill get another npc and kill that npc uh, I'm, I'm not trying to make uh, school days or whatever you're trying to reference there. Right. Um, it's I'm, I'm, I'm referencing Skyrim. Skyrim. Oh, okay. I, I went way darker than I needed to yeah, on that did. one. That was too deep of a cut. Uh, no, so it's basically like you're going to be stuck with uh, the, 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 the princess of, of the, the Vistan Empire for the entirety of the game. You're going to be from the Raelian Empire. And you've both been instructed, hey, this marriage has to go through. Make it work. So the entire, like, you're going to be basically going places, doing things as if you were playing Morrowind or Daggerfall or whatever, but at the end of it, you have to have this conversation with this woman that you basically just met, and you just got to build a relationship out of it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of writing that I haven't started on. It sounds like you have your work cut out for you. <laughs> that all sounds yeah, very I, ambitious, but uh, but yeah, I'm sure you'll, uh, I'm sure given enough time, you'll make it happen. Yeah, Are you going to be able to date Khajiits in that? that, that these could easily take another decade just to see the first game out. But once the first game's out, I imagine I'm just going to keep reusing resources until all four are out. Right. Well, cool. you know me dating Sims, so I'll be down to play it. Pat will be down. <laughs> well, so just yeah, add, just add some, add some Khajiit, uh, Khajiit uh, romance options and we're good. 
So real quick recap, we talked about um, Cash Boa. Uh, you had Forsaken Plane, uh, which uh, was like a D&D, you know, homebrew. It's yeah, it was just a 3-5 like... homebrew that I just spun into the scenario setting. Exactly. Uh, I, don't to, I don't want to spoil too much because I'm actually planning on working on Forsaken Plane in the near future, like sometime next year. Uh, and that's connected with uh, Waterfuel and Hitomi's work on the Netlink, which... Mm-hmm. I think we can talk about the net link when we start the actual uh, game stream a little bit. If if you want to talk about that, yeah, we but can. there's a whole bunch going on there. That's I'm really not even doing anything. I'm just trying to like uh, organize and suggest and facilitate as much as possible. But I'm I'm useless mm-hmm. as far as that goes until it's time for me to make net code. Cool. Well, you know, I will I will wholeheartedly recommend that folks, uh, if you're into game development, if you're interested in the nitty gritty technical stuff, um, you can go back and listen to uh, Emerald talk a lot on this stream about Sinny Ryu in more detail, like as we walk through the the environment. Um, read this article, check it out. Uh, he goes into a lot of detail, um, you know, thoughts and opinions on the retro- on the uh, homebrew scene. Uh, it's an insightful article, uh, which you mostly wrote. You did most of the work for me, Emerald. So really, I thank you for your time and consideration on this. And I hope that people will check it out and read it, uh, just so that, uh, they can get a little bit of an inside view into, uh, your thought process and how you, how you go about designing games and, and what your core philosophies are, um, core focuses are in, in terms of, uh, uh, what you look for in, in game development. And um, I guess we will wrap and go over to the game stream and then we can continue this conversation and talk more while I show folks the latest uh, Death Mask build. Okay? Sounds good. I guess I'll wrap us out then. Uh, Thank you guys for listening and watching uh, the, uh, the, the, the Shiro show. Man, I'm out of it today. Uh, you can follow us on uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, sorry, like, favorite, subscribe our video on YouTube, uh, and comment. Say that I'm ugly or something. I don't know. Whatever you want to say, uh, can be positive, negative. Uh, just give us some feedback. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, join our Discord, and of course buy a shirt and join and. Uh, uh, support us on Patreon. We have a lot of really cool patri- patrons mm-hmm. that I'll list off today because we sadly forgot to add them to the, the credits again. Sorry, so, my bad, guys. We'll list you off. <laughs> big, gonna big big thanks to Anthony, Eni, Rendazzo, Young Money, Emerald Nova, of course, Hitomi2500, Private Eye, Momdu, uh, Shadow Mask, Retrospectors, Tom McComb, uh, Craig Jolly, uh, t- uh, was it Tektronic Improv? I think that's his name. Uh, Man of Steel and, uh, of course, A-Team that also backed us on Patreon. So thank you guys very much for supporting us. We'll add your credits to the next show, we promise. Hell or high water. Uh, at least we said your name, right? Hell. <laughs> that's worth something. Yeah. yeah. So thank you guys very much for supporting us on Patreon. If you want to get, uh, if you want to uh, support us and get your name called out, check us out on patreon.com slash group. Uh, we got a lot of really cool uh, supporters. Uh, we got 13 people, so thank you very much, guys, for supporting us. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, if you get like cool rewards, though, you get chat on the show, get a voice option, uh, quarterly podcast if you get the highest tier, um, and you can also uh, also get chat out in the videos, uh, get special permissions on our Discord, and a lot more, like a lot of really good stuff. And of course, the full Shiro edited uh, news segments as well. Exactly. So, yeah, I think. 
I think that's it. So thanks for watching, guys. Remember, you must play Sega Saturn. Peace. Peace.